I'm Rosa Mendez and I'm here at the number one Long Island broadcast, Monty Ferro. I have the best time ever! Hey, listen, Daddy. You're listening to the number one broadcast, Monty and Farrell, Daddy, in Long Island. The best pro wrestling broadcast of all time, I think. <laughs> Jimmy, I got to tell you, man, it feels good to be back on YouTube. It was uh, quite disappointing what happened to us, but we bounced back pretty fairly quickly. Well, what, what else would we do? We're almost at 5,000 subscribers. Well, speaking of that, man... Yeah. We need more members. Okay. What do you think we need to do to get the people of those 5,000 subscribers to come on and, and join the team as a Monty Nefaro member? Nudity is out of the question. Any other ideas? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. But what I, I do have a few ideas. Well, just like Prell, they should tell two friends, and they can tell two friends, and so on and so on. Hit the like, hit the subscribe. Check out all our content. But that's you know what? That's why you're you're the star of the show because guess what? Members get special content. Even we spoke about it. Farrell came to me one day and he goes, Man, what's the deal? I can't even watch some of these videos because I'm not a member. And I said, There you go, Farrell. You gotta be a member because this is what the members get. They get free content nice. that none of the other fans that watch this show get. That's right. You get Free autographs from some of these wonderful stars that come in, right? Nice. All you do is you go to the MNP webpage, or, right, our own page, yeah. and shoot us an email and say, hey, man, I want a picture of Tommy Rich. I want a picture of whatever. And, boy, that's we on its way. We give them their choice. That's right. We rock. We do rock. And you need to rock, too. Join. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to SOB Sports, the SOB Sports Network with your hosts, Mike Halick, formerly known as Mantar, Tank of the Truth Commission, and Bruiser Mastino from the WWE and ECW, as well as Paul New, formerly known as Cannonball Grizzly, and PN News. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Mike Halick and Paul New. Ooh. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo, what's up, my fat friend? How you doing today? What's up, Chubbs? How's my friend from another mother, brother? Uh, hey, you know, like the large man. Up. Right, large and in charge, as usual, man. So I'd like to welcome uh, Tim Beal. Tim Beal is back with us from Universal Talent Bookings off of his hiatus, man. Welcome back, Tim. He's uh, oh, a little bit off with us today. He's checking in at the airport. He's he's uh, he's doing two things at one time. But we appreciate yes. him being here for us, man. Uh, yes, he's struggling to that airport at the moment. But look look at yeah. him, man. He's getting the job done. He's got it going on. He's ticketing. He's checking his ticket in and everything. My God, he looks good. And luckily, I'm, luckily, I'm not a blonde. I can actually walk, talk, and chew bubblegum at the same time. Most people that are blonde can't do that. Yeah, Dude. Man, so the hat you got on there, Tim. I'm, you know, you're, uh, what are you looking for? Are you trying to get a simply outstanding look with that hat on today or what, brother? <laughs> Tim doesn't know he's alive right now, man. But, you know, we're, we're he we're very happy to have Tim back in the studio with us, even though he's partly here and half not here and half here. And 
You know, I mean, now he just took off his hat Go and exposed his gimmick. He needs to just shave that fucking hair off. I'll tell you that. I don't know what he's. No, he's got. He's going through. He's going through security right now at the airport, isn't he? They probably don't want him to have the phone in his hand. So anyway, Chubbs, So uh, what you been up to this week? What have you got going on? Man, you know, I've just been getting Max and Oliver uh, kind of uh, acclimated to the Mantar household. You know, um, they're fighting for territory with my uh, partner in crime, Blue, my my cat. So um, he's in charge of the show here and. Uh, so the puppies are fighting for their spots uh, uh, on the totem pole here in the Manton household. But, you know, they're all getting along good. There's no, haven't been no bloodshed yet. So that's a good thing. You know what I mean? So you haven't, you haven't sat on any of them or anything like that? They're all in good hands? No, but I almost crushed one uh, yesterday. And, and I actually got out of bed about 5 o'clock this morning. And I was walking to the kitchen and getting something to drink. And, I stepped on a shoe, one of Mrs. Duncan Donut's shoes, and I said, oh, shit, I just killed the fucking dog. I, I really thought I stepped on the dog, man. I fucking jumped up. I was like, oh, my God, I just killed the son of a bitch. It was just a shoe, thank God, right? So yeah. I uh, averted disaster there, you know. But, you know, it's been great, man, with these new puppies. You know, of course, they're puppies, and they're biting on shit and chewing on everything, and, you know, they're getting to learn their names and stuff. So that's all a process, man. But they're only nine weeks on their way to 10 weeks old. So got a long time to go, man, a lot to learn. And um, we're just looking forward to the journey, man. Looking forward to having them around for a long, long time. Yeah, I miss my dogs, man. That's always part of it, dude. I mean, I still have trouble with my own name. So I know what those puppies are going through, buddy. Um, well, so... Uh, <laughs> If you had told me that in 2023, I'd be living in Southwest Florida with my father, my girlfriend, and my 14-year-old daughter, and I would have two puppies and a seven-month-old cat, I would call you a fucking liar. I would say there's no way possible. But, you know, God is definitely on my side, and he's looking after me. He's blessing me every day. And... Here I am, simply outstanding as always, large and in charge, and coming to you live from Cape Coral, Florida. Nice, sunny, 84-degree day so far today. You know, the people in Florida here, in Cape Coral, they've really been raving about this weather. They said, you know, it's normally in the mid-90s by now, and I tell you what, bro, at nighttime, it is 75 degrees, the wind is blowing, it is absolutely fucking paradise here, bro. I mean, it is so nice living here. I can't even, can't even tell you, man. I mean, you can't never be in a bad mood uh, down here because you walk outside, man, it's just paradise, pure paradise. You know, sunshine, palm trees, wind blowing, owls hooting, and birds chirping. And, you know, if an owl, one thing I found out is if an owl... If you're building a house and an owl decides to grow his residence in your property, then the build on your house ceases to exist from that point on until that owl decides to leave your property because owls are protected here in Florida. And once they 
sat down in residency, man, they are there to stay until they decide to go. So, you know, people that are building new houses, man, they're driving by on a daily basis to see if the owls are checked in or not, because if the owls check in, man, you're checked out, that's for sure. That's crazy, man. It's the ultimate squatter rights for the owls in Florida, then, isn't it? Hey, I see you're wearing our uh, one of our shirts that are going to be coming out. Pretty skinny yes, shirt on chest. SOB yeah. Sports, man. Large and That's in charge, good, man. Baby. It looks pretty good. The only thing, it would look better if it, I was wearing it, but it looks pretty good on you, buddy. And on the back, of course, it says our motto, which is what's our motto, Mike? Can you tell the folks? You only die once, but you live every day. And that's the absolute that truth, folks. You know, I mean, if you're, if you're not living your life, if you're not doing what you want to do on a daily basis, then you need to change that shit up right now because, you know, the way the government's got you set up is you're working 65 years of your life to retire for maybe 10 years if you're lucky to live 75 and just to die well why the hell do you want to wait so long to make all that shit happen man you know if you want to go on a vacation go on a vacation take a daily vacation you want to go play golf go play golf you want to play poker play poker you want to go for a swim go for a swim you want to eat a salad like paul does every day eat a salad man you know, eat that fucking cake. You know, I'm diabetic. But if I want to eat a piece of strawberry cake, bro, I might just decide to have two. Fuck it. You know, because I'm living my life. I'm not. You're going to eat the life. whole cake. You You're going to eat and the I've whole cake, Chubbs. I've been known to eat so, the whole cake with using only one, one fork, too. Imagine that. All right. So let's, let's keep in mind that uh, Tim's in the airport with kids around him and stuff like that. So we'll keep this a little bit more PG-13. Um, you know what? The one thing you were talking about, and this is funny and it's completely off the wall, uh, but you mentioned about maybe living to 95. You're not with the news. There is a doctor in Australia and he's working uh, with stuff uh, down there and he figured he's got the pill for us to live to be at least 150 years old, dude. I could see you 150, man. I could see you 150. Well, Still a virgin. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't see myself at 150, man. I can't really see myself past 80, honestly, because I know how much pain I'm in now. I'll be 55 next month. I know how much pain I'm in every day now, and I can't imagine what the pain is going to be like at 80 or 85, let alone 150, right? I mean, I know, man. I know what you're saying. I mean, listen, I would love to be 150, you know, that I could see my grandkids and I could see my grandkids' grandkids. And that would be all well and good, you know, but I just don't think it's possible. I think it's a load of shit. I don't think the guy really has a pill, man. I think it's just a marketing play, you know. Um, well, I believe uh, I believe the substance is called uh, resveratrol. Time. I'm, I'm sure I can't. I'm not doing the pronouncing. I've heard about it before, and it's actually like a natural substance. And what he's do is he's use, he's using the stuff. Uh, he's used it on mice and everything like that. And uh, like I said, it's a natural substance. You can actually get stuff um, as a uh, 
a peptide and stuff like that into yourself. And it's supposed to, you know, extend your telomeres and telomeres is what like uh, what causes you to age and everything like that. Shorter your telomeres are. But anyway, maybe that's something I, I just brought up because you you mentioned going to 75. Yeah, I can't see myself my past 80. Um, the pain I'm in, my knees and my hips and your face has just been killing me for years and years, dude. You know, I got to listen, speaking of your face, man, you know, I just got to drop <laughs> a disclaimer here really quick because, you know, Mrs. Dunkin' Donuts heard me call her Mrs. Dunkin' Donuts the other day on the podcast. And, she got a little offended. She says, you know, she says, you make me sound like I'm a fucking degenerate or something. I was like, no, baby, I know you're educated. She goes, yeah, you know I'm educated, but nobody else knows I'm educated. Ladies and gentlemen, for the record, Mrs. Duncan Donuts has a master's degree. She is just retired. This is just a one-off thing that she's doing to pass the time of her day away. She loves people. She loves serving people. And she makes 20 bucks an hour at Dunkin' Donuts. And, you know, the best part about it is, bro, I get all the donuts and coffee I want for free on a daily basis, man. And can you, can I tell you how many jelly donuts I can eat at one sitting, bro? At least a dozen. A baker's and maybe I, at 13. I can, I can definitely eat more than you can put in one box, I'll tell you that. Oh my God! Hey, you know what? I got a new name for her. instead of Mrs. Dunkin' Donuts, and call her Professor Dunkin' Donuts. Professor Dunkin' Donuts, Mrs. Professor Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, that's I like that man. That's kind of I like teaching. it, Professor. After we're gonna buy her, you know, because I don't want to, I don't want to get a frying pan upside the head, you know, again, because that shit hurt last time. Well, now it sounds like a clever Dunkin' Donuts person. She sounds more clever if she's professed Dunkin' Donuts. Ladies and gentlemen, can I introduce you probably to Mrs. Professor Dunkin' Donuts. And you know what? In one of these days, I might show her face on this on this camera. Um, I might let Mrs. Dunkin', Mrs. Professor Dunkin' Donuts say hello to the whole podcast world out there. So you you say I promise you, I haven't made her up. <laughs> Will you tell Mrs. Duncan, Professor Duncan Donuts, I said hello, and where's my donuts? <laughs> Where are my will, baker's dozen? Right? I, I want will, some I with jelly say, stuff in it. Because, I mean, they got, they, they got Dunkin' Donuts over here. Too. They got Dunkin' Donuts over here. Maybe she'd get me like a friends and family down or something like that. You know? you know what? You know what, bro? Listen, Mrs. Duncan Donuts, she's pretty high up the ladder now, so I might just have to see if she can make a phone call, right? And maybe you could just pop on in and pick yourself up a free six pack of donuts, right? Right, right. six pack of donuts. Is it is it donuts <laughs> or is it, it's not light, is it? Because you know what I mean. Everybody's <laughs> no, all bro, light now. We're not we're not talking about Bud Light for fuck's sake, man. Bud Light is <laughs> Bud Light is no more, man. They are history. They are wiped off the planet. They don't even exist anymore. Tim Bill, how hey, you look, doing, brother? Tim Bill, how you doing, buddy? We, you're on mute, but you're on mute. We can't hear you, Tim. How about now? Can you guys hear me? Hey, there you go, Tim. Right on. Welcome back. Welcome back, Tim Bill, from your hiatus, man. 
How is Thank your you, my two brother. week hiatus? How is your two week hiatus, bro? Well, I'll tell you, man, making a track through TSA security is like taking a track from here to Egypt. And uh, the way <laughs> the airlines are these days, they don't want you to fly. They want you to drive because everything's a job and a half and a task and a half. They want you to get completely naked so they can do a strip search. <laughs> but that's things are here. Oh, my Everything God. Is you just... You just you just put, put a black cloud on my day, man. Because I can't imagine seeing your ass naked, bro. Tim, oh, Tim, man. this is this is yeah, a, we just, we're trying we're to just, be PG thirteen. Yeah, we're trying to be. This is a PG thirteen show, and we just seen you with your hat off, for God's sakes! And now you're trying to tell us to imagine you with no clothes on. Come on, bro. I mean, See, now you know my my job after dark, man. I go on the stage, I start dancing for chains, bro. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a job, but somebody's got to do it. Well, Tim, what do you think, man? You've been, you've been following the Lakers in the uh, the NBA playoffs there? Uh, yeah, What do you man, think? You I know, mean, they're, uh, they're in. So, I mean, you know, sky's limits, man. I mean, the fact that they're in is a miracle. Um, and some of the underdog stories, man, some of the greatest underdog stories in sports entertainment. And sports, period, came from the Lakers versus the Celtics. So the, the Lakers have a history, man, of overcoming the odds. So we'll see what happens, brother. Well, I have to tell you, man, that um, I really think that Anthony Davis has that team playing at their best potential right now. Um, I actually have to probably give him more credit than I would have LeBron James for getting that team together um, because I firmly believe that Anthony Davis as the center of that team, he is the catalyst, he is what makes things roll, and he is at the top of his game right now, ladies and gentlemen. He is dunking shots, man. He is blocking shots. He's hitting a turnaround jumper from 22 feet. This guy is playing so ball right now, baby. And the LA Lakers have shown up in the playoffs so far, man. I'm really surprised because, you know, I wrote the Lakers off two months ago. And you know what? I'll admit what I'm wrong, which is, you know, few and far between when that shit happens, man. You know, it's a cold day in hell when simply outstanding uh, Bruiser Mastino is wrong. And uh, But I'll admit I'm wrong. The Lakers made the playoffs, man. Kudos to them. I didn't think they had a chance in hell, but I just don't think that they're that they're going to, you know, go past the second round, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I just hate the Lakers, man. That's all there is What do you guys it. think of LeBron James? What's your opinion on LeBron James? He needs to retire. Um, yeah. I, I think he was held check. I, th I think he was held in check. Uh, when when they uh, switched defenders out on him, he was held a little bit in check, which I think is, a, is, is yeah, it's, it's showing he's not as uh, – He's not as dominating as he once was in the league. I mean, for me right now, I mean, the, the last games, uh, Steph Curry was having playing the best there for uh, the Warriors. He had a really good game offensively and defensively that I I thought was interesting. Um, I mean, this is this is a really an interesting bracket, both both sides for. Uh, the NBA uh, playoffs this year. I just think they drag it out too damn long, to be honest well, with you. But you know, I think, I think all this, all this uh, playoff shit right now is for naught because I think the two teams that are going to be in the NBA finals. I mean, it's pretty simple. It's going to be the Denver Nuggets um, versus the Boston Celtics. 
um, because when it comes to the West, really there's only one team in the West, and that's Denver. Everybody else is a fucking turd. And, um, you know, you got the Celtics. Um, they're looking pretty good against Atlanta right now, you know. Um, Denver looked great last night in game three. Um, they totally crushed their opponent last night and totally dominated from from uh, the second quarter on. Um, on the road, no, nonetheless. And so Denver Nuggets have came to play in the West. Um, but I just think it's, it's a Boston Celtics championship all the way in 2023. And you guys aren't going to talk me out. Let me tell you what I think the problem is, man. I think the fact that all these sports entertainers, athletes, whatever you want to call them, are all under guaranteed contracts. It's, I'll be hard to think of how many players lived up to their contracts. Once they were under guaranteed contracts, multi, multi millions of dollars, they don't really have an incentive to play hard anymore. So it's I'm real, it'd be really hard to think about anybody that really lived up to their contract in recent memory. I have to agree with you on that, Tim. It's uh, once they get their money, they tend to just try and uh, prolong their career as long as they can so they can keep uh, getting, getting that check. But unfortunately, they're just not performing at the level that they once would because – why would you strain your body if you were going to get the money regardless of whether you played hard or you didn't play hard? And you know what? And that's probably being a little bit hard on some of these players. Maybe some of them do have character, but I know I know a lot of people. Uh, I know I know a lot of people that would just you know like sit back and just kind of collect that easy money. Easy money. I mean, you still got to work for it, but uh, it, without putting the strain on your because most people that have never played sports or participated in sports don't realize what the actual sport is doing to people's joints and their muscles and stuff like that. Because, I mean, Mike and I, you, Tim, I'm sure we can all state for a fact that the sports have done a number on our bodies, especially when you're doing resistance sports or contact or collision sports or professional wrestling for that matter. Yeah, you know, and um, I really think that football players and professional wrestlers, man, have it harder than anybody because those are the full, most full contact sports you can get outside of mixed martial arts and martial arts. And um, I follow mixed martial arts, man. I mean, I, I enjoy sports, but uh, I really enjoy full contact and combat sports. And one thing, I don't know if okay. you guys touched upon it or not in the last couple of weeks. We all watched, or I think most of us watched, the Jake Paul versus Tyson Fury fight, or um, not Tyson Fury, but Fury's brother, um, Tommy. And Tommy Fury, thank you. Tommy. And, and I really think that watching that fight, that Jake Paul won that match, and the only reason they gave it to Tommy Fury is because they were fighting under the banner of a boxing council, a professional boxing council over there and um i believe they needed to give it to tommy fury for the purists of the of the game of the boxing game and if they gave it to to, to uh jake paul it made it, it would have made them look bad as a uh boxing ambassador uh for that country because they're a, a council boxing council and yeah uh, i mean i think it, i think myself i think it just came down to money 
You know, I think that they knew that they were going to have a rematch if Tommy Fury won. And so they give him the first one. And now they're doing this rematch thing. And I think Paul is going to come out and clean his clock in the, in the second fight because Tommy Fury, he has no boxing skills whatsoever. You can tell that he's just a, just a shabby boxer and um, his skills aren't really that sharp. And he's nowhere close to being the kind of boxing athlete that his only brother is, um, Tyson Fury. And so that's, I mean, that's pretty evident in just watching the first two minutes of the fight. His skills just aren't, aren't sharpened. And Paul, actually, for not being a boxer, I think his boxing skills are better than uh, Tommy Fury's boxing skills. You know, so. Well, a couple things that would have happened. A couple things that happened there is you got to realize, okay, what happens with Tommy? Okay, they're going to get those. They're going to get that rematch, and it'll be a third match if if uh, comes back. Then he wins second match. Then it's bright, it's open for the third match. It's all to increase the payout. Tom paydays have now just gotten bigger. So the overall uh, the overall uh, ability overall marketability of the rematch and then tommy going forward has just been enhanced by him being the first of probably three total boats which is yeah it's 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 smart business it's something that uh you don't see very often in the wrestling industry anymore you know uh, how you uh you know intend to jockey those those players so that everybody's getting a good payout instead of just a, a few smaller individuals. Yeah, and Jake Paul's next fight's against Nate Diaz. So that is kind of like Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather Jr. You're never going to have a mixed martial artist beat a boxer. That's like somebody playing ping pong saying they can beat a professional tennis player in a tennis match. It's never going to happen. Yeah. So, Especially you know, when you're doing boxing rules. Especially during yes. boxing rules, you're following a certain sir. They they need a boxer to go over in order to keep the sport legitimized. If every MMA guy comes over and across once in a while, they're going to have to allow an MMA guy to beat the boxer, and I think that's there's a reality to that. But the reason why they don't is trying to keep that marquee of boxing uh, to to be a, a viable sport. Do I think in a real fight that an MMA guy or a boxer is going to win in a real way? I'll take the MMA guy uh, nine times out of ten. Wow. But that's wow. not – I'm not showing shade of boxing. Just look at the history of Thunderlips versus Rocky Balboa, okay? Oh, my God. What, what the hell is so funny, man? Same, Every same, time I watch that right? film, watching Hulk Hogan recite that line, Thunderlips is here in the flesh, baby. You know, that, that makes me laugh. You bring up Rocky Three and Thunderlips, man, <laughs> because, you know, nobody could have played that part but Hulk Hogan. But, no, you're right, man. I mean, the more versed somebody is in the fight game, the more success they're going to have over somebody that's one-dimensional. So mixed martial artists and real fights would always beat boxers. And in, in mixed martial arts – John Jones has is the GOAT, man. I mean, that guy was the middleweight champion. Now he's the world heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. And his next fight is against Stipe Miocha. And if anybody can beat John Jones, it's Stipe. It's going to be his hardest challenge to date. But my money's still on John Jones because every time that man has faced some adversity, he's always overcome the odds. 
Listen, you guys ended up you guys ended up bringing up the whole thing about their lips. Rocky and Rocky, when it comes to Rocky, it's one of my favorite topics because the way I mean, about when uh, Stallone wrote that original Rocky, and he used the same he used the same principle in each one of his films. What he did was uh, he told a good story. It was a solid story. Each story was told the same way with a you know different outcome. And I thought it was fantastic. And when I talked to my wrestling students, I got a couple wrestling students to kill. They'll send me a message and say, hey, Paul, I'm, I got this match coming up or I got this coming up. You got an idea for a finish, you know, my nails. I, I, I was a pretty decent finish guy. I could come up with good finishes and stuff like that. So I still get asked in a while, uh, in a while. But the thing is, is I find the way this alone tells story is absolutely fantastic. And and the reason why I wanted to bring him up is because I wanted to touch about that Hulk Hogan thing. That was the perfect timing. This is the right place at the right time. Hogan was working for Vince Gagne, and he's wearing blue, blue trunks and white, uh, white uh, boots. So same time, uh, Jimmy Jimmy Snuka is running on top in in the WWF, and uh, he has the issue with the girlfriend uh, dying in the hotel room. And Hogan, they 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 buy out Hogan because Vince says, "I'm going to pay guys money," and Vern is trying to pinch pennies. And he goes, "I'm going to pay guys money," and he offered him a deal. And then they perfectly marketed at that time the red and the yellow. Red and the gold was a marketing scheme, and they marketed. That was the first 100% marketed wrestler from start to finish was Hulk Hogan. And he was in the right place at the right time. And, I mean, it's down to Hogan and Vince and all that stuff that made put modern put wrestling into the modern aspect of of uh, professional entertainment the way it is even today. So. Just something I just wanted to add, and I just love putting on Stallone when he tells a good story uh, in a movie and stuff like that. And Rockies are are generally a good thing. You can a Rocky if you watch a Rocky movie, you can set up your whole show, set up a live show with psychology, and then the final match is a great psychological match to put on as an event. The way way it was up and down, and then the big sell. And then and the comeback and even do the jobs because uh, I love the fact one is always my favorite. Rocky one is always my favorite because uh, Stallone did the job in the end. And I thought that made him a bigger baby face than as he'd ever gone for. And I, always, I as a baby, I always had more success doing the job. And all of a sudden, are you guys still there? And you got that sympathy. So I thought that was always yep. just an interesting, interesting tidbit for you guys. So I would say I would give the credit to Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon for the birth of the success of wrestling as we know it today. Without WrestleMania, WWE would not be where it is today currently. We all know that. Um, I would say Hulk Hogan is just as responsible for the success as Vince McMahon because without one or the other, there would not have been the equal success Having said that, growing up as a little Hulkamaniac, uh, he is absolutely the worst wrestler turned actor in the history of cinema. Now that we got past that, because uh, the dude can't act. He doesn't have an acting muscle in his body. Um, we got past that. I'll go into 
the WWE a little further and say everything today is predictable. We all know what's going to happen before it happens. There is no surprise element anymore to that. I've been watching the WWE recently, and it's the same ending with the bloodline going over again and again and again and again. And it's like, okay, so now where we're at with that is they took that shining moment away from Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. Everybody wanted Cody to go over WrestleMania because that would have been the peak of the most interesting, pivotal part of that storyline. Now they kept it on Roman Reigns. They would have to bring it a whole other year into next WrestleMania to give the belt to Cody to have the same impactful meaning. Because without that, his win is going to mean a lot less. Yeah, but I think Vince McMahon did one hell of a swerve when he didn't put the belt on Cody. You know, you can't give the fans what they want all the time. And if you give them what they want, they're not going to come back for more. And so, you know, like Paul said about the first Rocky film, Rocky did the job. That made the people want to come back and watch Rocky too, um, buy it even more, and just get more engulfed in the whole story because they want to see the hero win, right? They want to see the big guy win. And once they see the big guy win, sometimes some fans, some of them disappear because they got what they wanted. They, they busted their nut and, and you know, they're happy now, so they went home. But, you know, I think to keep the fans coming back, you can't give them what they want on, on a regular basis. Because if you do, I think you're going to lose more fans than you're going to gain fans, you know? Um, I just think, I just think the, the whole Rocky series was great the way it all planned out, you know I mean? They told one hell of a story, and like Paul said, they told the same story every single time, just a different way in the end. And, and I think that that's key, you know? Um, kind of like YouTube today, you've, you've set a whole new precedence on Pimpin' Easy Brother. You got the hat on, you got the bling on, you got the sunglasses on, bro. Where are you going looking so dapper, my friend? I was going to Nashville, Tennessee, my man, to visit my family, who I haven't seen in a couple of years. Uh, they're meeting my wife for the first time. We got married February 2022 during COVID, peak of COVID. And they weren't able to travel out to our wedding in Vegas. So um, we're going to do that. And she's going to meet the family and uh, taking our little dog with us, which is our child. Uh, that, that was a venture getting through TSA security with her. Because she almost went through the uh, the radar machine. <laughs> we don't want to do that. That would be all bad. But, um, no, man, getting back to your point, brother, man, on, uh, on Rocky, brother, um, that's something that Sylvester Stallone built as a franchise. And he wrote the first script of the first Rocky. And every other script, for the most part, um, or had a large part to do with the creative the first Rocky movie won an Academy Award for Best Picture, and the studios didn't want him to play that part. They, they were thinking, you know, Burt Reynolds, for Christ's sake, totally wrong for that role, um, and a couple other people. But I do know now that um, Chardoff and Winkler, Erwin Winkler and United Artists, and the reason why... Uh, Sylvester Stallone was not involved in Creed 3 is because they won't give him any of the rights to his original conception. And to get the first film made, I mean, he optioned it out to a studio, uh, United Artists, 
And when you're a writer and you create something and you option it out, that pretty much means you're buying, you're allowing your project to be bought out and that producer is buying you and your rights for that film and the story of that film. But Erwin Winkler should realize without Sylvester Stallone, the Rocky franchise would not be successful. So he needs to stop being greedy, stop being Hollywood, and give Sylvester Stallone some of the rights to his original creation. That's my opinion. And I think if this guy's in his 80s, almost 90 now, Erwin Winkler, if he passes away without Sylvester Stallone getting some of those rights, he'll never get those rights. It'll go to his children. And, you know, so the reason why Stallone wasn't involved in Creed Three was because he didn't want to work with Erwin Winkler. Erwin Winkler's being greedy. But he said if they do a part four, Creed Four, without Erwin Winkler, and it's just Michael B. Jordan, he'll be involved again. But all he's asking for is yeah. rights. I think they should go, yeah, some I of the rights should go to him. Yeah, I saw that too, and a lot of it. And yeah, without without uh, Sloan, uh, Rocky wouldn't have been what it is. And I agree with that. I saw I saw an interview, and the cool thing about Sloan, you know, he's 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 got he doesn't feel he's got no ill will feelings to the people that are doing that. He just wants a Winkler out of it and stuff like that. And it's funny because uh, Winkler, and if it wasn't for Winkler, also uh, Stallone wouldn't have been able to do that film, right? Um, but at the same time, uh, he's you know part of it. I mean, that I mean when people people uh, in a hundred years they're not going to remember oh it was winkler that helped produce that stuff they're going to remember uh it was sylvester sloan who was acting in it and it split his career up and i mean and he's gone from strength to strength and i mean he's got to be one of the top grocers of all time as far as uh leading actors in films you know so now this is uh it's interesting i'm great i'm glad i love talking about movies and stuff like that because I, uh, I I love film, I like entertainment, and it's great. And uh, now it's a fantastic thing. Uh, I wanted to touch one base on one other thing uh, as we were going on, because in college football right now, there are from Thursday before we started taping this up until Sunday, there are 40 spring games going mm-hmm. on. There's a lot of there's a lot of topics going on, some interesting because there's a lot of coach play and everything like that. I was looking at the Big Ten West because I am a huge Nebraska fan, by the way. But it's uh, pretty interesting. Uh, Nebraska's, uh, I think they just started uh, actually their spring game, the red-white game. So uh, everything's moving along, and it's only a couple of months time until uh, – until uh, fall football season starts, and I love college football, man. What are you guys' thoughts? Okay, we know that we know that the the Big Ten East is is the is the side of the conference that's carrying all the water for us. You got you got Michigan, you got Ohio State, you got Penn State, right? Penn State. I mean, they're still doing good, but they probably hardly get a, a drink of water because uh, the other two teams are just fine, fantastic. So we know what's going on in that side. Okay, so if we talk about the Big Ten West right now. And we know everything's changing, and they're they're going to go away. Uh, they're going to go away from this West and East stuff. Um, this could be the last year that the Big Ten West has as a Western uh, champion. In your book, Mike, I'll ask you first. In your book, Mike, who do you think has the best shot at win the West? Illinois, Illinois has got Illinois has got. Uh, 
Bima uh, and and uh, they've got a lot coming back, and they were they finished the year pretty strong last year. Does Nebraska stand a chance? What about uh, Fickle and, and Wisconsin? Purdue's got a new uh, head coach. Their in fact their spring game is going to be opposed to the public game. They're keeping everything, uh, you know. Uh, Quiet, and then on a side note, after who wins the Big Ten West, what about the thing ESPN is trying to make story out of uh, Matt Rule and uh, and uh, prime time uh, because he said they said he shoot through shade at a comment that prime time because prime times had like twenty three pay uh, players leave for the quarter already uh, transfer. So, what are your thoughts yeah, on you first know. Big Ten and then that? I think I think the West. I think the West this year is going to come down to Wisconsin and Nebraska. You know, I don't think you know Purdue. They they never really have enough to get over the top. Um, Illinois the same way. They just don't get them athletes at those schools to be competitive at the top realm of college football. And I really think this is going to be a huge year for Nebraska sports. I think this is the year that you see Nebraska finally, finally, I say, turn it around. I think this Matt Rule is a great pickup. Uh, but I do think it's going to come down to Nebraska and Wisconsin this year in the West. And as far as Rule and Deion Sanders goes, you know, Deion Sanders, he's a pretty damn good coach. Um, but I've heard a lot of people questioning about how he coaches his athletes and how he motivates them. And um, I just wonder why he's losing so many players to a brand new program where, you know, they gave this man um, everything that he wanted underneath the sun to come to Colorado and 23 of the current players are leaving to go somewhere else. I mean, what does that say? That, there's something wrong there about Deion Sanders. You know, um, I don't really know if Deion Sanders is as good as coach as everybody thinks he is. Um, I don't think that his coaching ability has been proven. I mean, for fuck's sake, he's only coached Jackson State. I mean, who the hell is Jackson State ever beat anyway? Um, Grambling? You know, who's Grambling ever beat anyway? And so, you know, his coaching ability, in my opinion, has a big question mark on it. And um, I just think it's a huge move to a big to a Big 12 program that has been struggling over the years. And, yeah, it's a reach to bring a coach in. But, you know, Nebraska's done the same thing with Matt Rule. But Matt Rule is an established coach in, in football, in, pro, in NFL football and college football, where Deion Sanders isn't, isn't. He's just a great player. And just because you're a great player doesn't turn into being a great coach, as we all found out with Scott Frost. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, I just think there's something to this Deion Sanders uh, thing in coaching Colorado with all these players leaving. I just wonder... What 
I don't know if you follow it, much, Tim, but anyway, I mean, the thing is, is I think the attrition, I think Deion Saunders actually sat these guys down and I think he said, listen, guys, there's not going to be much for you on the field. Uh, I think he, if, if you're interested, it's best you jump in the portal now because you're not going not gonna to see the field as a Buffalo. And I could see him being very direct because his interviews are, are very direct. Where, um, I, you know, I, I'm the difference between Sanders is Sanders has got that super superstar uh, way about him, right? He's got that superstar element. But the difference between him and, and Matt Rule is Matt Rule's kind of that player's coach. He'll coach hard. But if you want to get to the next level, he'll coach you up to get to that level. Uh, I think Deion Sanders requires those four and five star players to be a, a, an eleven and one team. I think Rule can be an eleven and one team with not maybe not this year, but in a couple of years with three star players and the other achievers because he knows how to develop players. I don't know if Deion Sanders is a developer of players. He will take superstars and make them and and and, and utilize that. Correct. So for me, man, um, I really can't say that I follow college too much, but I will say historically, well, the last time that I talked to you guys and now I actually signed my favorite all-time NFL player as a client, Barry Sanders. Um, but also historically, Dwayne The Rock Johnson was a product of the Miami Hurricanes. And it would have been interesting to see him play in the NFL because I think he would have done some damage if he didn't get injured. But his life would have been completely different, man, because, you know, we're talking earlier about actors and where they place. Do you guys know that Dwayne Johnson is the highest paid actor in the world? He makes $60 million of film plus back-end gross points. He is the sixth highest grossing actor of all time. And he's got the highest net worth of any actor in the world. I just looked it up the other day. His net worth is $880 million. Tom Cruise, just in perspective, Tom Cruise's net worth is $550 million. That means Dwayne The Rock Johnson's net worth is $300 million more than Tom Cruise. Who would have ever thought that? Yeah, that's crazy, man. Um, I can see that. I mean, when he first came out, and that, that was something you brought up about Hogan and a bad act, right? And that was one thing I was saying for years when The Rock first got his, his first couple breaks in films and stuff like that. And I was like, well, at least he can act is what I was saying, right? And I, I find that great because everything Hogan does is like he does in the ring, in the ring Tammy. You know, where uh, the stuff that Rock does, he can do just about any role and stuff like that. And, yeah, I've watched – I mean, I've watched – I haven't seen all of his stuff, but I've watched a lot of his stuff. I find him uh, interesting, and, and but I'm a, I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. Uh, not – I mean, huge Tom Cruise fan. I'm not – I don't got a man crush on him or anything like that. But I, I find that most of his works – most of his work tends to – tends to be pretty good. I mean, he's like a staple for me, like a Mel Gibson, Stallone, the Tom Cruise, those guys, Christopher, uh, we had Christopher, Christopher Waltz is an Austrian actor who is tremendously good. There's a lot of actors that over the time. What about John and, Wayne, and, brother? John Wayne, yeah, he's no longer with us, unfortunately. But what is, yeah, what great, I love watching John Wayne films, Eastwood films, whatever you name it, right? So, uh, 
I, yeah, but Tom Cruise and and uh, both of them deserve accolades. So unfortunately, they're trying to they're trying to burn the rock down. Uh, they're trying to blow him up about this Black Adam failing and uh, some of the other stuff he's been doing and kind of kind of struggling. But you all hit those you know balances right. You got those uh, shoots and ladders, as they say. I was talking to one of my sales agents that does worldwide pre-sales on films. And they said that doesn't will not make a difference as far as Dwayne's value as an actor and where he is as far as a marquee name. His next 10 films would have to lose money before he would be affected with the box office draw that he is, which is not ever going to happen. Um, well, I heard, I heard Tim, I heard Tim, I heard that you were working with him and you're talking with him now and you've got spots for me and Chubbs in his next big film. That's all. That's just what I heard. I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard they're going to get us spots on, on the rocks next film, right? We're going to play. Well, I'm a talent coordinator and casting assistant for young rock. I've done six episodes on young rock. And I work with Dwayne Johnson. I work with his producer partner, Brian. And I work with their production company, Seven Buck Productions. And one of my next films is going to be a movie called Prism. It's a $70 million film. It's the El Chapo Guzman story that my client Tony Tarantino wrote, Quentin Tarantino's father. And Seven Buck Productions, which is Dwayne's production company, has that film right now into their attorney. So if they give the thumbs up from their attorney, they're going to green light it. And I will be the executive producer and casting director on that film. So I am doing some work with Dwayne Johnson. And I credit that to my years as a professional wrestler. Because if I didn't go the wrestling route in my career as a starting point, and I didn't work with his father, Rocky Johnson, for the last 15 years of Rocky Johnson's life, which is his biological father, and wrestling and also as his manager, I would not have the relationship that I have with Dwayne. So I'm always thankful to wrestling for that. And I'm always thankful for my relationship to his late father, Rocky Johnson, for that as well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. Universal talent, everybody. There's a nice plug for, for our friend Tim Bill and his, uh, his talent company. Well, I got a big question for you, Tim. So you have The Rock on speed dial, bro. Can you call The Rock up and say, hey, what's up, Rock? You know, he doesn't make himself that available. So I would have to go to Brian, his producer partner, who would then put me in contact with him. But that would be something that I would have solidified that the financing's in place for. There's an offer on the table. Like, that's the only time I would ever reach out to him because I value that relationship. And I know if I didn't play my cards right with that relationship, it could be gone tomorrow. So I protect that relationship real close to the best. Well, you know. Cool, man. When's your fight, Tim? What, what time's your flight, Tim? You're on. You are on same language. Ooh. Yes, we're uh, <laughs> we're gonna be catching our flight in about an hour and eighteen minutes. So I'm gonna be headed to my gate here pretty soon. Okay. Nice yeah, we're gonna about wrap it up. We're about about fifty minutes right now. So uh, maybe we could start wrapping this up. What do you think, Mark? Is there anything else you want to discuss while we're here, Bud? You know. Um... I want to talk to Tim some more about this Young Rock. You know, being you got such a tight end with the Young Rock show, you know, I've seen that they've had uh, the Mantar character on the Young Rock wearing the bullhorns in the back. And, you know, you can reach out to the 
to the your partner there, Young Rock's uh, main man, and say, hey, you know, if you want to have Mantar on your show from now on, I got I got the real Mantar man I can give you to put on your show. You don't have some don't have to have some jabroni wearing bullhorns, man. We can give you the real Mantar. And you know, if they put Mantar on there again and and don't ask me and don't pay me, I'm suing their ass. I'm just gonna tell you that right now. <laughs> Well, you know, what's interesting about that, man, is um, when I was going to work on Ballers, which was Dwayne Johnson's previous show before Young Rock, and Rocky Johnson, one his father, was an executive producer on that show with him, and they wanted me to be an actor on that show, and I said, eh, I don't really like the way I'm looking right now, let me get myself in shape, and then I'll do it. Well, I really regretted that decision because I felt that was my window of opportunity to work with Dwayne. And like I said, I'll hold that relationship real close to the vest. And I was like, well, I know him. I've met him. I don't know if the opportunity is ever going to arise again for me to work with him again. And then in November 2021, they actually reached out to me from Young Rock, Universal Peacock, to be a talent coordinator in casting. And initially, they didn't want to pay any of our clients. They just said, this is a courtesy call to let you guys know that we were going to have the characters of Haku and Tony Atlas, and uh, Steve Lombardi, the Brooklyn Brawler, on the show. And then I was like, what do you mean a courtesy call? Well, you know, we've already done calls with the Wild Samoans. We've already done calls with this person and that person. They voluntarily gave us the rights to depict their character on the show. And I said, well, I run a business, and I'm a talent manager. I'm not voluntarily doing anything. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do as a trade-off if you want to do that. I said, uh... I'll trade off with you guys. Give me a letter of commitment from Dwayne Johnson to star in my next six movies so I can get the financing. And then I'll have my clients come on Young Rock for free and you guys can depict their characters on the show. It took them about 24 to 48 hours to get back to me. They said, no, we can pay you guys. I was like, yeah, I kind of figured that. Because, you know, it's Dwayne Johnson. Everybody's got respect for his accolades, but it's still business at the end of the day. And so I think he respected me for that because I did the licensing deals for Steve Lombardi's character to be on the show. I did the licensing deals for Tony Atlas. I did the licensing deals for Haku, Jesse Ventura, etc. a few other people. So that's been my involvement with the show thus far. And, you know, so at the end of the day, it's all about businessmen, but it's also that camaraderie and that respect. And I think he's got that respect for me, Dwayne, and his producer partner, because a lot of people would have been goo goo gaga. It's The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Let me do what he asked me to do, and I'm not going to ask for money for that. No, I'm the total opposite of that. So I wish I had managed you, Mike, when they did the Antar gimmick on Young Rock, because I would have done the licensing deal for your character and would have got you paid, brother. But you know, it's okay. I can always circle back to them to say, hey, if you guys want to use him in future episodes, why don't we depict the real Mantar? Mike Halick in that role, and let's do a licensing deal where you guys can do the character for the long term on that show. So I'll try that and work my magic and see what happens. Hey man, you won't know until you try, man. That's all I. That's all I know. All they can say is no. So you know, shit, anything's worth a shot, right? One thousand percent. And if you're an entertainment man, you're always going to hear the word no. And most of the time, you'll hear the word no a hundred times before you hear yes. This is the nature of the beast and the nature of the business. And uh, I've grown thick skin over the time I've been in this industry to I don't let things bother me. 
Um, I'm like a duck, man. It's just water off my back, brother. Right. Excellent. So, guys, getting that time, we're going to have to wrap it up here. It's been fantastic working with you. Thanks uh, for being back with us, Tim. Uh, been great seeing you. Uh, glad you're back on the team. Uh, yes. You've uh, cleared up the hiatus. It's been a great uh, to have you back. Um, we got Monty in the background uh, who's hooked us up uh, with the StreamYard today, and it's been fantastic. Mike, do you got anything in closing before we uh, give our goodbye? I just want to say before we go, I want to say make sure okay, to like, too subscribe. Like, like, sir, like, subscribe, and uh, and uh, share our video. Mike, to you, buddy. Well, you know, it's that time of the show, and um, our motto here at SOB Sports is you only die once, but you live every day. And I just want to yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. The people, man. Well, in closing, with you guys and your catchphrases, I love both you guys like brothers from another mother. And anybody that's going through adversity or trials and tribulations in your life, understand and realize that your hardship is only temporary. If you put effort into each and every day that you live, you'll get through it and you'll be a better person for it. So God bless everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the SOB Sports Network. And we will catch you. Same time, same bad channel, and the rest is up to God. We're going to make this a great success, and I'm look, looking forward to everything ahead. And thank you, brothers, for the opportunity to be back home with you guys. Thank you, Tim. Glad to have you back, bro. And to all your fans out there, we will see you same place, same time next week. Be there or be square.